You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. The Trenches here on KC Sports Network. I am your host, Tucker Franklin, joined as always by Nick Lecky and Brian Hanley. Very excited uh, to be hanging out tonight. If you're watching this episode live, shout out to you. You're the late night crew. You enjoy the B-side. Love it. This KCSN after dark. Love to see it. Uh, So thank you all for tuning in live. If you're listening after the fact, obviously, we appreciate you guys as well. Uh, But Nick, how you doing? How was your week? Oh, it was a good week. It was a good week. You know, it's funny you see after dark. I I immediately think the Pac-12 after dark, yeah. and is some the 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 most glorious football ever, and just wackiness, and it's just right up my alley too. So, uh, fun fact though, when you live in Arizona and it's on West Coast time, because they refuse, just like Indianapolis or parts of Indiana, uh, they refuse to honor spring forward or fall back. So it was weird though that the games would be over over at like ten o'clock at night. You're like this is weird. I want to go to sleep with something on. This is weird, like some 77 to 55, uh, you know, Cal versus Washington State. I love it. I We we could talk about the Pac-12 probably a long time. Uh, we're, we're trying to stick to professional. Well, hang on. I almost said professional <laughs> football, but they're they're all professional players now, it seems like. Uh, Big B, how are you doing? How was your week? How's it, how are things going down in Texas? I mean, it, it's still blazing hot. Um, although like I mentioned before the show, I mean, we had a, a cold front come in, so it's been 95 and 97 the last two days, but going back to 107 for the next, uh, I would say six days. But other than that, been good, man. I was up in KC on uh sa- Sunday and Monday. So, um, it stormed like crazy on Sunday, which I don't even know what rain looks like anymore. I have no idea what that looks like. So that was good, and, and it was like 78 degrees on Monday. I'm like, I can get used to this, and then I came home. So yeah. there it is. Just follow me. It's New England weather here in KC right now. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. man. I was out of training camp on a Wednesday. Beautiful morning. It was about 60, mid-60s. A nice light breeze coming across. So it was like, what? it was a great morning. Uh, probably one of those mornings that those guys, like, were happy that they were in pads, right? Like, you're like, okay. I'll put the pads on today. I'm okay with that. Not those 100 degree days that they've had out there uh, in St. Joe. But uh, no, it's been training camp wrapping up. The the season is rapidly approaching, which I think is absolutely insane. It feels like the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. Uh, but we got a lot of things to get to on today's show. Obviously, we're going to wrap things up with Blind Nil. We're going to talk about some of the hardest, the toughest divisions to win uh, in the NFL. Uh, Nick wants to talk about the Cowboys. Are they for real? Could they be for real? Maybe. And I've got a little bit. I talk about the margin of error in the AFC uh, because I think there's a, there's a there's a that window is very tight. But let's start with the with with uh, Big B, what you brought to the table this week, what you wanted to talk about. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you the keys. The floor is yours. Toughest divisions. Look, I mean, obviously it's subjective, but when you when you put you know, you're pen to paper and you think about it, it's like, okay, it's the the NFC East, that's one where you got the Cowboys, the Eagles, uh, the Commanders, and the Giants. 
everybody finished with at least a 500 record last year. Uh, three teams made the playoffs. Now, NFC is a little easier to make the playoffs in, but three teams made the playoffs. Uh, all good teams in that division. Then you got the AFC East. Um, you know, you have the Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins. Um, oh, my. And, oh, and the Jets. Jets, yeah. You know, so tough, tough division. Everybody is all over the Jets. I mean, I don't know if people have been watching, you know, hard knocks, but as you guys know, I mean, I've seen that offensive line and it looks pathetic. So I don't know. I don't know how good they're going to be. So, but still a really good division. And then the one that I'm partial to is the AFC North. You got the Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns. And, you know, although the Browns have always been the Browns, if you look at their roster, the Browns have a top seven, top eight roster in the National Football League. It's incredible. Now, are they going to play that way? They usually don't. But if you just right. man for man, roster for roster, the Browns should be good. The Steelers, they should be good. I think the Ravens may win the division, and the Bengals, you know, if Burrow's healthy, which I think he's getting there, the Bengals are going to be good too. So I still say it's the AFC North is the toughest division. Interesting. Nick, your thoughts? You know, I, I think the NFC, it's, it's, you're right. I mean, there's really no other team. Like, there's absolutely no other team in the NFC East besides maybe Dallas or Philly. Because you look at San Francisco, do you really believe Brock Purdy's your guy? Like, do you really believe he's going to be able to put 28, 35 points on the board? Uh, offense, you think he's got that that command of it now? Uh, even with, you know, local boy Christian McCaffrey, you know, Stanford-Palo Alto uh, connection. Uh, I, I just think the NFC, it's just, it's Philly-Dallas. Really, honestly, only two teams in the NFC that are worth a damn. And to me, if you look at the AFC, which is just absolutely stacked, um, I'd have to say the AFC East. One, you have the Bills. We know what the Bills are, right? They're also motivated with, uh, you know, Demar Hamlet back, back in, it, back at it, doing his thing, which is fantastic. Um, and then you look at Miami, right? They got loaded defense, right? I love, you know, Christian Wilkins off the edge, uh, defensive end. You know, the captain, the team leader, uh, getting it done, and a healthy Tua, a healthy Tua. Hopefully, he's not going to hit like he was last year. Uh, got that down, and then I, I just like honestly, um, Mike McDaniel's. You know, I, I think he, he's yeah. a really good coach, and I think he's a leader. He's he's your new era of coaches that you know that will um, you know yell at other coaches and not throw other coaches under the bus like like some older other coaches we talked about a couple weeks. Um, and then if you look at New England, right? Look at New England. I'll, I'll have a blind mill, not blind mill on New England, um, but I kind of like wh- where they're going, right? I think they got a solid defense. Uh, you know, with uh, Judah at uh, Matthew Judah at a linebacker. You know, I loved him there for sure. And then they got, you know, Hunter Henry. I think, you know, he's a diamond in the rough. I think it's his time. Him and Mac Jones are going to connect, uh, get some things going. And then if you look at the Jets, I'm mean, sure the offense line is sus, but Robert Sala as the head coach, you know, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, I think he's a great head coach. And then you got the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, Sauce Gardner and then Gary Wilson. So, and then add in Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the greatest pocket passers known to man in the history of the game. I love the combo. And I love what I'm reading about Aaron Rodgers. He is actually going around sitting with different people. Because I could see him being the type of cat to alienate a team by being, you know, you know, hanging out with Hollywood friends and the staff. But he's like getting in there and he looks like yeah. he wants to win and mentor those young quarterbacks. I think it's cool. So yeah, AFC East definitely the toughest division. That AFC East is pretty is pretty stacked. And and Brian, you brought up too the how the Browns, like talent wise, you look at that roster, you're like, wow, I think they got a lot of potential there. 
It's almost the same thing with the Jets, right? Like you look at the Jets, you're like, wow, I mean, those two teams are very similar to me. Obviously, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson is. Um, probably argue at this point in his career, maybe. Uh, but I'm I'm interested to see the Aaron Rodgers experiment, putting him back with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, that could be a, that could be something that could be interesting with him. But I really liked what you said about the AFC North. I think that that's that that one is a very s- sneaky tough division for uh, for Burrow, especially when you look at it from a Chiefs perspective, right? If you got Joe Burrow having to fight in his own division to win the division, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tougher on the Bengals than it will be for the Chiefs, who where we think that you know the Chiefs could probably win their division a little bit easier than the Bengals could win their division. Um, and I, it's, it's really interesting to think about that, but you're right. I mean, we talk about the, <laughs> you talk about the, you brought up the NFC East. Uh, that's probably the only one worth a darn in the NFC, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, like no. the NFC South is pathetic. The NFC North is probably going to be won by the Lions. And uh, the NFC West is like probably the Niners. Like more than likely will be the Niners. Um, unless, Unless Kyler Murray has some sort of coming out party, which I doubt it because there's a new caught out. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's not going to have any coming out party. Um, I guess it should be mentioned. Uh, the Vikings are also in the NFC North. Um, I guess it, that, that, that it's a two-horse race in the NFC North. I'll say that. Um, but it looks like in these other ones, there's going to be uh, runaways. Sands the South is going to be whoever's the worst of the, or the best of the worst is going to kind of, come out on top of that one um but I, I think i agree with nick in thinking the afc east when you just look at the bills the jets the dolphins just those three teams right there you're talking about a lot of firepower a lot of uh offensive yeah. a, a lot of offensive firepower um i think it's funny that as it the dolphins that re that signed eli apple uh, after Jalen Ramsey went down, they said, this is what's going to be the fix. Now they put Eli Apple and Tyreek Hill on the same team. Those guys don't get along. Um, so that's going to be an interesting uh, locker room mix there. But I, I do th- I have, have the Bills having to play the Dolphins twice and the Jets twice and the Patriots twice. I guess you shouldn't necessarily count out the Patriots all that much. The Bill Belichick coach team is never really truly out of it. Um, that's not easy. I, and that's not easy at all. And I think that, like, looking at that division, you can logically, just like you can for the for the AFC North, make a make an argument for each one of those teams to win the division. And and it's not too far fetched either. Like, if you you could spend five minutes talking to me about a team, and then I'd be like, oh, you're right, that they're probably going to win it. Then you spend the next five minutes talking about another team. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They actually might win. So I think that that one is the most up in the air in terms of that. But uh, Big B, you mentioned like. The Ravens, like they have just like this rejuvenated roster. Lamar's back; he's paid. They've got actual guys there. This is like the probably the Ravens' year to do something, and if they don't, they might be in trouble. Well, I think that I, I've mentioned it before. I think Lamar Jackson, if healthy, he's got to stay healthy, which I think he will. You know, yeah. the last two—I mean, the last two injuries. Everybody says he's injury prone, but he's gotten hurt on fluke plays where he was in the pocket. It wasn't out running and that's where everybody says he can't run he's taking all these hits he didn't get hurt that way so you know I think he's going to compete with Mahomes for the MVP I think Mahomes is going to win it again uh, but I think Lamar Jackson has a big bounce back year and that's why I think the Ravens are probably going to win that division because you know they're going to bring their defense 
they're going to bring it. And if he stays healthy, and if those weapons are, if they they don't even have to be out of this world, if they're just decent, they're going to bring a whole new element that Baltimore hasn't even seen since Lamar Jackson has been there. So I just think that they are really good. But you look, I, I could talk about the Steelers until the end of time. <laughs> yeah. so, it's only a matter of time for you, Brock. It's for, you know, Steelers, I'm telling you, I just, you look at their schedule. You look at who they got coming back. They improved their offensive line, which has been the Achilles heel for the last three years. I'm telling you, man, look at the steel. Now, it's tough to be the uh, a really good team when you have the fourth best quarterback in your division. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost impossible for you to be good when your guy is literally the fourth best quarterback. But that just goes to show you how good the other quarterbacks are. Yeah. On top of that, though, the Steelers, I think they have a good roster. Plus, I, I believe without a doubt that we have the best coach in that division. So with Mike Tom. Yeah. So it's oh, just, yeah. it's tough. It's going to be tough. But I'm just telling you, just, just mark my words. We'll be there at the end. We'll be around. We're just going to hang around. We'll be, we'll be there at the end. We'll be there at the end. I think the way it goes, too, that it's going to be tough for Mahomes to repeat with MVP because you're always compared to your previous season. Right. He set the bar so damn high that he's going to have to have some crazy, crazy uh, clutch plays, uh, some, yeah. some more insane trickery, whereas the road to MVP for Lamb Lamb is so much easier because, right, the media wants something new, right? They want to re-engage the fans. They want to spread the love around with the MVP. And for Lamar just to have a really good year, that would put him in prime spot to do MVP, you know, outside of Josh Allen having, you know, a, a tremendous year as well, too. But it'll be hard for Mahomes to repeat just based off the fact that here's what you're comparing it to. And it's not other quarterbacks. It's to his previous self, right? It's like, why Heisman winners can't win it back to back is because then they expect even more so instead of new season, new, new rules. It's not how it goes. Right. And you talk about the MVP award, MVP and a very narrative driven award. Another thing that's very narrative-driven are the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Nick wanted to talk about them, so, we, so we're going to talk about them coming up next. We're going to take a break first, but we'll be right back on the other side to talk about them boys. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To outside the trenches here on KC Sports Network, presented by our great friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. It's, it's not quite there, Big B, but we're getting close to coffee uh, tailgate yeah. season. We're getting real close to it, um, and I'm ready for it. I think the first kickoff for the Missouri Tigers is on a Thursday night, so I won't be drinking any Five Farms. Well, maybe I could drink just straight Five Farms, because that stuff <laughs> goes down smooth pretty good. Uh, I, I, I might be able to convince myself to do it in a milkshake or something like that. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yeah. That would probably be the way to do it. Uh, and you can might want to pour yourself a glass of Five Farms while we talk about them Cowboys, Nick. <laughs> They're back. Cowboys are <laughs> Texas is back. Crown them all. Crown them all. They're ready to go. No, um, to me, it's like, if, if, if first of all, look, look at the roster, right? You got Michael Parsons, Van Der Esch. You know, I, I love that. I love that on defense, right? You got Michael Parsons, you know, you got you got everything you need. And lead them all, Dan Quinn, right? Who, who led the, yeah. the notorious Legion of Boom back in the day with Seattle. So he knows how to how to manage personalities. And if you give him that person where where you can be, this is my ace in a hole. This is like my um, you know, a Richard Sherman, this is my my uh Bobby Wagner type guy, right? This is my guy who can get it. And he can he's a disruptor. You know, he's throwing future Hall of Famer Tyron Smith to the ground and one-on-one pass pro. And Tyron Smith's knee brace, or I'm sorry, his elbow brace is probably my my knee brace. You know, his nephew is <laughs> massive. He's a massive left tackle. So the Cowboys have it together and Deuce Vaughn as your backup yeah. running back to Pollard. Like, and Pollard's legit. I love Pollard. I, Pollard to me is one of the shiftiest running backs ever. And you got two of them back-to-back. With this offense line, they just re-signed Zach Martin. And then look at the schedule. Their, their, their test is week two versus the Jets. And then week nine at Philly. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. It, things are lining up for them boys. I I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> look. <laughs> you just don't want to hear it because you're in Dallas right now. I mean... I, I have to hear it all the time. I mean, there is a buzz about the city, though. Uh, I, I will say that. Now, there is sort of a, I mean, this is a football crazy city, so there's always going to be a buzz when the season's about to start, but it's a little different this year. And I'll admit, the Cowboys are good. You look at what they have, they are good. They improved. Um, I, I They have a legitimate chance. The one thing that a lot of people say, and, and this is to his credit, everybody complains about that. And they said, oh, he's terrible, he's bad. And I'm like, if you just look at the numbers, that's been not necessarily great in the playoffs. I'll give you that. He hadn't been clutch in the playoffs. But he's not a guy that just turns the football over all the time. That's not what he does. Yeah. I go, that was an outlier last year. You know, because all the previous years, that's not what he did. So if he gets back to the way that he plays with what the kind of weapons and how they're wanting to move the football and 
and how they're going to be able to play defense, because I think that's where the, the strength really is, is on that defense. The Cowboys got something. They got something. I was talking about rosters earlier. The Cowboys have a top five roster in the NFL. I mean, without question, without even thinking about it, the Cowboys absolutely have a top five roster in the NFL. Now, will it play that way? I don't know. But they've got it. And if they play well, the Cowboys got something, man. They do. It's been the biggest thing for them, right? They've had, I feel like they've had a lot of potential these last few years. Yeah. Um, trying to, especially trying to get the most as they could out of that Zeke contract. Now they have that weight finally lifted off their shoulders as he signed with the Patriots. We didn't even, we didn't even talk about Zeke going to the Patriots in our section. When we were talking about the AFC East. No. Uh, but I don't think it matters all that much, truthfully. It did. Um, and, and that's the thing is, you know, Tony Pollard was outperforming him on a much cheaper contract. Then we, that's where we get into the whole conversation about running backs, right? Uh, but the Cowboys are interesting. They're in that division with the Eagles. Uh, will they get into the playoffs? Probably. I would assume that they get a wild card spot if they don't win the division, right? If something does happen where they do, where to like, we'll expect the Eagles to be very good. And if something happens where the Eagles, you know, have injuries, God forbid, but uh, anything else happens where maybe the Cowboys outperform where they're projected to be right now, but both very good teams, I think they'll both get into the playoffs. Um, it's going to be the, what's going to be for the playoffs, right? You you mentioned you mentioned it, Big B. Uh, it's going to be playoff Dak and how that performs. I know that Dak probably has a lot of expectations. He does have a lot of expectations on him, especially in the market that he's in, and he hasn't necessarily lived up to what they want or expect for him to do in Dallas. Uh, I think they're, I, as you mentioned, they look like a good team. They look like a good team on paper, but that only takes you so far. Expectations are are high for them. You can you can't blame people for being excited about the Cowboys. It seems like the boys are back. But um, I'm I, I I've lived in the show. I've grown up in Missouri. I've lived in in Missouri my whole life. I'm from the Show Me State. Got to show it to me. I got to see something from it before I'm going to actually be like, okay, let's start taking the Cowboys seriously. So until until I see it, I'm going to hold off on on uh, declaring on hitting that we back. I gotcha. And Nick, let me ask you this question. The one thing that I also think can hold the Cowboys back is actually Mike McCarthy. Yes. I don't know how much of a motivator that he actually is, man. I just, look, you got to be a leader of men in the National Football League. You do. You know that. And I just, I just don't see that out of him anymore. I don't know what he was in Green Bay and all those years ago. But since he's been at the Cowboys, I see a lot of cheesy stuff that, that guys just don't buy into anymore. You, I mean, I'll let you speak more about it, but I just I don't see that motivation, and that might be something that holds them back. Yeah, it's. Well, I think it's difficult too with Mike McCarthy because it's like, was he just was he just riding coattails of yeah. Aaron Rodgers all those years, right? And is that is that the reason why he was such a good coach and he had to what give up the play calling duties last year too? Yeah, and it's like, I mean, you got C.D. Lamb, you got all these explosive people on offense. And you're not getting it done. It's it's crazy to me. Like like, what are you doing? Like like, is it like, are they a defensive team? And that's how they have to play. Like, do they have? I mean, they have the firepower to do it. They have the offensive line to do it. And it's like, yeah, that's my biggest concern with Dallas is their head coach. And then you know, how's he going to call games? And then is he going to inspire those troops, man? It's like if you know, if Dallas is smart, they would have got back and got they would have fought Denver for Sean Payton because that's who you need. You need a guy who's going to have a strong pulse on his team. Who's going to know how to how to let let his players play, let his men be men, 
right? Let them go out, do their thing. You know, it's like, hey, no curfew Friday night, but you know, we you better show up Saturday. You better do your thing uh, su- Sunday. You know, when it comes time to play. So yeah, Mike McCarthy is is your really only real question mark on that Cowboys team. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's it's got to be tricky. Uh, it's like you you mentioned. It's like. He came into the job and and that was his thing was offense and he didn't even get to call plays. They made him keep an offensive coordinator and it's like, I mean, are you just taking the job for a paycheck to say you were the coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Or are you really putting the input of me on this team? And I guess we'll get to see that this year because now he's going to call the plays for the first time. We'll see what happens, but I don't know, man. I just I, I think it may end in a. A disaster. I'm not hoping. Well, yeah, I'm. Hoping. Yeah, you're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with yourself, yeah, I'm hoping that. I'm, it's tough living in Dallas and United Cowboys. It's so yeah. glorious. I'll go down to the star. I live ten minutes from the star. I'll go there and take <laughs> pictures. Oh, that'll be great. Flag will be hanging upside down. <laughs> They'll be in a moment of disarray, a distress. Uh, no, it's it's super interesting with with the Cowboys. You mentioned Mike McCarthy. I mean, I don't know if I blame them for not letting him call plays when, like, Kellen Moore was there. He seems to be a really good offensive coordinator um, who is now with the Chargers, which pretty good free agent acquisition for the Chargers uh, because that seems to be their one big bugaboo is offensive play calling they got now. I think they got. I think Joe Lombardi was their offensive coordinator before. Now they go to uh, Kellen Moore, which I, that's a big step up. But um, you're talking about the margin of error in the NFC East. I kind of talked about it with, you know, the Cowboys and uh, the Eagles. But in the AFC, it's literally in every division. <laughs> so, like, the, to try to get that number one seed, trying to get the number two seed, it's a, but the margin of error is, is so small. And I thought there was a really interesting uh, a thread uh, from uh, Warren Sharp on, on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw this, just kind of about how the Bills and the Chiefs have had two of the most dynamic and explosive offenses in the last three, three or four years, like, but one team has gone to three Super Bowls in the last four years. One team hasn't made it out of the divisional round in the last two years, and I think that that is so interesting how they can have such large um, offenses, such powerful offenses, but the margin of error in I think it was the goal line offense is what it was in the red zone for the Bills, which was really their Achilles heel, and and what it is down there on the goal line, that's how small it is in the AFC. It's like yeah. if you're if you're if your goal line offense isn't, you know, average, you're not getting past the divisional round. And I th- and I find that wildly fascinating when you look at the AFC and all the teams that have in it with Joe Burrow, all the court you just talk about the quarterbacks, even the good quarterbacks that were drafted this year seemingly went to the AFC. You know, Bryce Young obviously he went to Carolina. C.J. Stroud went in the AFC. Uh, Anthony Richardson in the AFC. I think those two guys are going to be pretty decent quarterbacks. You talk about all the other young guys, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. All of those are AFC guys. So I want, I just want to get you guys' thoughts just on on this, the margin of error. Uh, because it feels like every year, Nick, I know you and I have talked about this a lot on, on previous podcasts. It just seemingly shrinks from like, you know, you have about five plays a game that make a difference now to about three. To it seemingly sometimes it's about one uh, play a game that makes a difference. That is really that difference between winning and losing. Um, it seems it just it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller for these teams in the AFC. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's a not a round ball; it's an oval ball, right? So it bounces funny, and you know, the, the slightest miscalculation on a throw, the the slightest bat up can you know go from six points to an interception. And to me, when you look at dynamic offenses, of course, yeah, you know, they're they're both dynamic Buffalo and Kansas City the past couple of years. But to me, when you look at like total yards and offensive performance, that's like asking somebody how much you bench. And then when you look at, you know, what's your red zone efficiency, you know, how often are you getting into the red zone and how often are you getting a touchdown? That to me is the power clean of everything. That's the true litmus test of how strong a team is, is if you have the the gumption, the play calling, you're not going to overcomplicate things. And what's your, your red zone play calls? And you look at the Chiefs, you know when they pull out all their trick plays? In the red zone. You know, because that, that's where you need it, man. That's where you need that, that little edge to uh, to gain to to get that touchdown. Look at the the Rose Bowl, uh, Rose Bowl parade, right? Like he yeah, had that play where they did the, the trickery, and it's like you don't need trickery, you know, from from your own forty yard line. You need trickery yeah. um, in in the red zone. Look at how they beat Philly with with the mo- they were using motion motion concepts, right? Get people on a lull, and then you got two guys wide open, right? And and that's the sort of things that you know you look back at Mike McCarthy. Is he able to do that? Like an Andy Reid, right? And then it's like one of those things, like, do you have that, you know, are you really studying film or are you just watching old cartoon reruns? There you know, like uh, in the office. That's what yeah. it comes down to. You're exactly right, man. And especially, you know, Tucker, when you talked about the the margin of error, just think about this. Tyler Huntley for Baltimore was literally a quarterback sneak away from beating the Bengals in the opening round of the playoffs if he doesn't get the ball stripped from him at the inch line. Yeah. And then Cincinnati runs it back for a touchdown. That's how they win the game because the the Ravens had figured out how to stop the Bengals. And the Bengals could not move the football on them. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, the Bengals get beat. And who knows who ends up against the Chiefs? You know, is it, is right. it the Ravens? I mean, it's crazy on how all of that would have played out. So, Things are so, so close, you know, and the margin of error is is so tiny. Nick is 100% right. You don't need trick plays, you know, from the 30 to the 30. You just don't. You know, you're moving the football, you're running your offense, but it's just like you said, Nick, in the Super Bowl, just a simple motion was enough to confuse the Eagles twice. And it wasn't the motion that confused them. It was because... The Chiefs had done so many different things on that motion. That's what confused them. And that oh, you can saw it. They were talking and screaming and pointing at one another. The guy just literally turns the other direction and nobody runs with them twice wide open. So the margin of error and, and and what people do is incredible. And you gotta give that's where I give a lot of coaches credit because it when you know the difference between the good ones and the bad ones. Because just like you said, they are up watching film and just that little subtlety. You know what? We're going to back out. We're going to go the opposite direction on this motion. We're going to run 16 different plays off of this same formation and motion. That's when you know the good ones from the bad ones. And the Chiefs got a good one. The Chiefs got a good one, man. That's what I think, too, um, makes Andy Reid so great, right? And I think that Nick Sirianni, that Eagles coaching staff last year, I mean, both coordinators became head coaches. Like those are good coaches over there. Yeah. Like those are those are good coaches in 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 Philadelphia. They they thought they had it figured out, right? They're like, okay, 
we can pass off this motion. We can pass it off and we can be a whole lot quicker if we can pass it off here as they're going across. Another guy just takes him and Andy Reid, they caught on to that and said, okay, if you're going to do that, we're going to, they already had a counter ready. They said, okay, if, we, if you're going to do this, we're, we know we're going to do that. It's like three steps ahead. And I think it does come back to coaching. I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest difference between all of these things and all these teams in the AFC. When you look at the coaching, Andy Reid is leaps and bounds ahead of Zach Taylor. Uh, Sean McDermott, I think, is a very phenomenal head coach. Not as good as Andy Reid. Um, you know, I really, I think Mike Tomlin's probably the second best coach in the AFC, personally. Um, I really love what he was able to do. Or I just love him as a coach, personally. Um, but I do think that there are there are some really good coaches, but like Andy Reid and that coaching staff uh, has really set them apart to kind of make make that margin of error a little larger for the Chiefs because of the coaching and the play calling and kind of what they can scheme up. Nick, I love how you put it as they're watching film. They're they're watching the 1806 Rose Bowl or 1928, yeah. whatever. You know, we're watching Iowa State play Oklahoma in 1928 to try to figure out what's what they're going to do next. They're not watching, you know, hanging out with their families. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, that not 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 a shot at Andy Reid. That's not a shot at no, 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 no. I know what you're saying. No, they're, they're in the office. They're actually they're working. Yeah, and they're not watching old Yosemite Sam uh, reruns. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, exactly. And it makes sense too. And and there's so much depth, right? And I think there's depth. Yeah. And you look at the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They had that one play where they thought they're going to go deep down the middle, and then they tried it again. It's like, no, we're on you. Like, what else do you have? Right. And they didn't have right. anything else. They had nothing else. That was it. And well, they had the quarterback sneak. Yeah, it's you know that'll get you this. You will talk about red zone efficiency. Just quarterback sneak it. Yeah, that was nuts from the twenty. Yeah, can you believe they didn't like create a rule again? Like they they brought that up. Like teams were like, "Hey, can we make this illegal again?" And teams were like, "Nah, that's fine." Yeah, because all we can do it like that. It's it's amazing. Like no, like if you've ever played O line. You know how difficult it is to run a quarterback sneak when they're just yeah. into the gap and they're diving at your legs, and they just got it consistent. It's like they must yeah. have been watching rugby film for scrums. Yeah, absolutely. They had to be because, and you said now it doesn't hurt that your quarterback can squat six hundred pounds. Yeah, so that part doesn't hurt. Yeah, but at the same time, just the way that they do it, I mean, it's just I don't I don't know. Like I said, I never seen an offensive line get consistent push yeah. like that on quarterbacks because they're moving guys off the line of scrimmage. It's not just a big scrum. They are literally pushing guys back. I haven't seen that consistently. You might see it every now and then, but not every single time they do it. I'm like, Jamie, Christmas, you, you can't stop it. Literally can't stop it. It's wild. All right. You know what else you can't stop? Blind nil. Uh, and that's coming up next, right after we take this final break here on Outside the Trench. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Outside the trenches presented by our friends at Five Arms Irish Cream Liqueur. All right, it's Blind Nail. Nick, you started last week. I want to start with uh, Big B. Let's start. uh, What do you got for us? Well, you know, a little fun. Again, I'm on the fun train. Yes. So... I'm thinking, what is your, not your favorite sports movie, but your, the funniest 
hmm. sports movie. You know, the funniest. I mean, I feel like the the favorite, you know, it's always the same. It's like Rudy. No. Remember the Titans? It's a terrible movie. Rudy's a terrible movie. He's the and I've, most I've whiny. Too, He's but the I'm most from, whiny. Yeah. yeah you I'm from like Indiana. It. You have to like it. I know. I just like it. Not, yeah, I don't like it. I think it's ridiculous. And I'm like, this guy was never touch a football field. I don't no. care what he did. He would never touch a field. But he would not be by me. He would never no, be by me. No, not, not yeah. a chance. Because it would take one time in practice for somebody to say something. I would just be burying him every single play. But that's beside the <laughs> I digress. But, uh, but yeah, you're the funniest sports movie and to me the funniest sports movie is major league i think yes absolutely hilarious every bit of it is now the second one i thought was horrible but the first one the original one i mean willie mays hayes i mean you got guys i I just thought all of it was absolutely just hilarious it was you know it's funny you fight six i immediately like like i don't like baseball I think my wife loves the Royals and she'll listen to it on the radio in like June at night on, right. on when we're driving home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a real Royals fan. It's amazing. And I don't like baseball. Never played it. Was never good at it, everything like that. But, you know, two of my favorite movies, sports movies, are Kevin Costner for Love of the Game. You know, it's a great wrong yeah. rom. You know, it's fantastic, uh, fantastic sports movie. And uh, Major League is by far the funniest. Like, yeah. there's not even a question. Um, there are so many quotables like um, oh, yeah. Serrano and Harris, the backup pitcher, right? Where he says, like, say, don't touch Joe Boo's rum. And, and every time I'm drinking at a bar and I say, hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> <laughs> so much. There is so much comedy. And then look at Charlie Sheen. Remember oh, yeah. the wild thing, right? When he has yeah. to go to the nice restaurant with Jake Fawn. Um, and then they, they make him wear a tie and he's wearing like a leather vest. Yeah. And he's wearing a tie and he goes, I feel like a banker in this, you know, <laughs> just, just so much, so much comedy. And yeah. um, uh, when what's his face, the coach, when they go, hey, you want to coach the Indians? And he's like, I don't know. I got another guy in the line about some white walls. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, it's total, <laughs> like, like total like movie is just fantastically made. I love it. And it's just, I just love everything about it. Like to so many personalities and um, they really caught, I mean, look at the people you have. The president from 24, right? You have um, the elite sniper um, is is your catcher with knees, right? And then mm-hmm. for Tom Berenger. Um, and then you had, you know, um, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man is your is your your mm-hmm. base guy, Willie uh, Willie Mays Hayes. Just it's just amazing, just great, yeah. just really. Good. It's a good movie. Yeah. I don't think there's a greater sports movie. You know, Tucker might might have something from the the late two thousands um, when he was young. <laughs> so, so my first thought was actually Happy Gilmore. I think that's a pretty funny sports movie. Uh, Major League is is so incredible. Um, it is such a good movie. But I also thought of a movie I think is funny that's not supposed to be funny is Draft Day. I think that movie is so comical um, because of how ridiculous it is. Uh, yeah. It's just like so. Yeah, it's just like it's so it's such a ridiculous movie. It's like, why is there a love story thrown in in the middle of it? Uh, right. Why? Why is he drafting a? a there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I mean, <laughs> this like draft strategy is just like all thrown off. 
Who was it? Wasn't it like the Cardinals GM that said like, yeah, that movie's pretty realistic. And I was like, hang on a second. Yeah. You run in a draft room. Because that's right. not supposed to be. You're not supposed yeah. to do research on your pick until the day of. Right. Gee, yeah, it was it was crazy. And, and you're right. It was like a love story. And then I was like, but was it a love story? Yeah. I mean, he was having an affair. That's right. I'm like, what is going on with all of this? And they got a quarterback, and I'm like, I don't care what happened. There is no GM in the history of mankind that is taking an outside or a linebacker as number one pick. That is not – I don't <laughs> Fort Taylor, you're not taking that guy number one. I don't care what happened. LeVar Arrington, did, did he get number one? Oh, yeah. He was two, I think. Even with the last time a linebacker went number one was. Yeah. It had to have been LeVar Arrington. Had to have been. Or was it Courtney, Courtney Smith? Courtney Johnson? Courtney the, Brown. Courtney Brown. Run. Yeah, he went. And then he was Cleveland. And he was second. Yep. 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 He was, I mean, stinks to be the number one pick, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's too bad. There's no, nowhere. You will never get a linebacker even close or even close like that anymore. So, D'Angelo no. quarterbacks. Correct. I, Correct. That's, that's what I thought was fun. The justification someone tried to tell me was that it looks like that he's like a a three four uh, outside linebacker, so he's an off like he's an on the line stand. Yeah, right. an edge. Right. And I was like, all right, do we have to go into scheme to justify this pick? Is that what we're doing now in a, in a sports yeah. movie? We are going to scheme to justify trading three first rounders. By the way, trading two yeah. first rounders for a linebacker. That's crazy. All right, let's. Hey, here's some honorable mention. Sports movies. Tell me what you think. Caddyshack? Is that count? Absolutely. 100%. 1,000% That's not sports. Country club sport, right? It's not like you're thinking like this realm of like sports, but like that's a different like genre. That's just top five comedy, right? I mean, then does that mean it's like the best? Is that like saying YouTube's the best Christian rock band ever? Like type, (laughs) is that like, can you throw it in that category? I, uh, I mean, Caddyshack is a close one. I mean, if Major League is one for me, but Caddyshack is like 1B. It's yeah, good. I love it. 1A, A, B to me. Yeah, there you like, go. It's that, it's that good because same thing. Corbels. Um, Yeah, Nick, producer Nick's of Waterboy. That's a good one. Uh, that movie annoys me. It really does. You know, it, it annoys me. You know, um, yeah. Uh, what about Talladega Nights? Yeah. It's a good yeah. movie. Good one too. <laughs> I don't really think about NASCAR as a sport, but I guess it is a sport. Yeah, left turns. Left turns. Um, uh, what about uh, what about you guys? Might not have seen this, Big B. You might have. Um, necessary roughness. With Absolutely. From Absolutely. From Tucker's never seen it. Tucker, I don't. Never seen it. I don't think Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland is the kicker. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's a fantastic movie. This. It's it's the greatest premise because a 38 year old has one year left of eligibility, and they they recruit him to come back and and get a year of eligibility and lead the team as a quarterback, and it is, it's it it still holds up. You know? it, yeah, you, you you can watch it. You can still get some laughs out of it. It's, it's oh, you could, you really could. Uh, Our city blues. It's more of a drama though, right? Can't really consider that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I didn't like it. I thought the coach was a maniac. But I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't disagree that that happened. That it's not around me yet. It just, I don't know. And you're right. It was too much drama. Yeah. Too much drama. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that that could be it. Um, yeah, that's 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 really all I was looking. At. I was I just looked it up online. Um, oh, okay. Here's a task: Blades of Glory. I mean, oh, yeah. that was it's a good one. Oh, it's yeah. very good. That's very good. That's a good one. I like okay. it. I think it's just something we might have missed. So just, but yeah, I think I think it holds up. I think it holds up. I think Major League is just producer Nick with Dodgeball is a pretty solid one too. It's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a solid. One. Yeah, that's strong. But if we're going Ben Stiller, I got to I don't stop sports with Zoolander is just to me one of the funniest that movie is movies about male modeling. Yeah, that movie is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's very good. Um, okay, Nick, I want you to close it. So I'll go next. Um, I'm. This is like a hybrid serious, hybrid not one. Okay. Oh, I, I want to know your guys' favorite way to watch football. There's a lot of different ways to watch it, right? Uh, if you want to watch it in like a bar with a bunch of other f- like fans, if you want to watch it at home by yourself in your own room where you're not around anybody because the, you react a certain way, or if you just don't like to watch it at all, or if you like to be there in person, I want to know your guys' favorite way to watch football. Well, I'll go ahead and go. Um, it it kind of depends on who I'm around. So, like, for instance, if it's just me and my wife, my wife is, I, to me, I believe she is the first or the, the 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 best football fanatic wife because she knows that I'm going to go crazy. If I'm watching the Steelers, A-State, or Louisville, I'm going to yell, scream. It's everything is the ref's fault. I, I am after it. And she will sit there and will not say a thing. And so she just, she'll sit right next to me. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't react. She lets me yell and scream. And I find that to be soothing in a way because I'm going absolutely berserk. But I will say this. If I'm watching it with other guys that know football, I like that too because we're calling plays. We're, why did they do this? What's this lineman thinking? Quarterback's got to see the blitz coming. What's he doing? So if I had to choose between the two, I think the first way because – I love my wife, and again, she she lets me see with my friends. I can't go berserk because they're gonna think I'm nuts. But with my wife, she lets me go berserk and doesn't say anything. So I think that's the best way for me. Yeah, you know, I for for me, uh, the only thing I care about football wise is K State, and I have to watch it either uh, at my buddy's suite there, because uh, you have a good time, uh, or or I watch it at the house by myself. And I know my wife has given me uh, multiple um, criticisms back in the day. She's like, "It's ten thirty. Are you drinking bourbon?" And I'm like, "Yeah, K State's on." Like, what are you? What are you talking? Like, I don't care about time. The time is irrelevant. It's a flat circle, right? Like, I'll I'll drink bourbon when when I watch K State at my house, and it's fantastic. Like, yeah. I could not watch in, in a in a environment around people I don't know because they would get right. like put to sleep. Like if they yeah. said some dumb shit and I'd be like, Hey, I can't, I can't have you just sleep, you know, just get behind and just I whatever. It. Right. It. And I'm there right. and I'm, and I'm yelling and like, my kids are like, daddy's cursing, you know, and all this stuff. And but K-State get, gets my blood. Well, I'm, t- I, I, I stand up in my living room. I stand up and watch the whole Absolutely. And then if it's NFL, um, uh, I prefer to be at a friend's house and I got a good buddy of mine went to K-State with Ryan Lilja. I love watching games. I don't do it enough, but I love watching games with him because, and you might do this, the, um, 
you know, if, if an O-lineman gets burnt, like we'll watch the Sunday night every now and again together. And if an O-lineman gets beat, it was like, Ooh, dude, you know what I would have done there? Yep. I would have faked, I would have faked a knee injury. Where it's like, I would have faked a knee injury if I'd have got burned like that so bad or something like that. So just little things, right? Like that, where just, you know, you can watch it. Like, I like watching good offensive linemen. Like, I won't watch yeah, me too. but if there's a good offensive lineman, I'll watch a good offensive lineman. Because that's the When you can understand what they're doing, what they're oh, going yeah. through, and see what kind of power they have and mastery of their, of their sport, their position, it's it's beautiful to me. Like, I'll, I'll watch, like, a Thursday night game. Yeah, if it was like Joe Thomas back in the day, or if it's like you know Trent Williams, like I'll watch those guys. Like, I'll, I'll look not the matchup, but the O line involved. Yeah, see who's playing. Correct. Yeah. I uh, in that same vein, I watched a lot of Pinay Sewell when he was a senior at Ellis, at a oh or at Oregon junior. He signed a senior year, right? A junior, yeah, that's right. When in his final year, I should have said. But uh, I, I, I watched a lot of him because, like, they were, like, the only game on a lot of times. With yeah. the Pac-12 mm-hmm. being, like, those the Pac-12 after dark, as we talked about at the top of the show. Uh, like, you got the opportunity to only, they would be the only game on TV, so I got to watch a lot of Pitt High School. God, that guy's good. Um, but anyway. Yeah. He was going up against, uh, gosh, they had a joint practice, I think, with maybe the Jets. No, it was the Giants. It was Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and somebody had tweeted out like Kayvon Thibodeau burning Penny Sewell. I was like, that at all that did not happen at all. Um, I don't know if you've seen that video, Dick. Um, and you see the clip. Out. I've seen the clip where he goes inside and everybody thinks he won. I'm like, no, he didn't. He's right in front of him. No, he did not win. Right. That's the thing too. Like I a lot of times in one on ones, you know, Nick, we've talked about this a lot. Rush lanes are just like non non existent, number one one on ones. There's zero, like, you'll see a guy go all the way outside and be like, yep, he won. And it's like, no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> then, like, that, you see that, I see that all the time. And then, like, that's that's what you're talking about, too, Big B. That, that was my first reaction. He went inside, and I was like, okay, the guard's right there. Like, that would that, that would be it. But even though if the guard was still there, he was still in front of him. Like, he still stayed yes, with him. Um, so it was just, like, one of those things. I was like, that's weird. Um, sorry to get off topic, but um, I really like Penae Sewell. <laughs> how I like to watch football. What I think about, like my my like perfect watching football conditions and like day, it's like multiple screens college football on type of day, right? And I'm just with my buddies. And Nick, as you mentioned, if there we've got a rule: if there's football on TV, you can drink. That's doesn't matter what time. If there's football on TV, you can drink. That's that's the rule. That's the rule we follow. And um, it was rarely gets football right six a.m. Right there's. Listen, I've I've gone to breweries for six a.m. watch parties for uh, the the Tottenham Hotspur, um, buddy. Those are some early mornings, but I did it for the vibes, and it was all worth it. Honestly, <laughs> um, <laughs> going to a brewery at six a.m. Uh, to watch a soccer game that's going on thousands of miles from where you are is was a wild experience. Yeah, but uh, I really do enjoy with with buddies. Obviously, if I'm going to watch, and I'm a Mizzou fan. I know. Uh, but uh, if I'm gonna watch a Mizzou game, I want to watch it with other Mizzou fans that I know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a, I'm not a big go to the bar type of guy and watch with a bunch of different people. Nick, as you mentioned, people say too much dumb stuff. I, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, you just, you'll hear somebody say something that just like doesn't make any sense, but they think <laughs> then they believe it so wholeheartedly. And you're just like, dude, stop talking. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. You wanted this is Sparta them from 300, right? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, what is he doing? That's holding. Here comes no, it's not. Sparta. Yeah, please, please. Uh, I almost this is part of someone when I went and saw K State play at Vanderbilt, and the guy in front of me was just just being ridiculous. He almost got just straight meal kicked right in the spine. Just, you were at Vanderbilt, and they lost. Oh yeah. no. Also, have Vanderbilt, you seen the picture? Go ahead. Vander, no, I was going to say, Vanderbilt doesn't even know how to play football. So for anybody to be talking yes. about football is ridiculous. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Have you seen the picture of Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt's hosting a home game in week zero, by the way. Their home their home stadium is an active construction zone. Um, like, it's they they're, it, it's a mess. Are you serious? Uh, they're hosting Hawaii week zero. And it's just in like oh. two, I think 11 days is when uh, they're, they have their first home game. Kind of insane that college football's essentially here. Uh, I love Saturdays. I love Saturdays. I, I absolutely I love Saturdays more than Sundays. To be honest, like Saturdays I like the, the game. The game on Sunday, it is so much cleaner. It is so much better. It is so much more. It is so fluid. It's it's more evenly matched on Sundays. It's better, better product. But I, the atmosphere on Saturdays, it is just unreal to me. It's it's mm. unmatched, right? You mean you just it's oh, oh, that's what I think. Hundred people. I'm start going to bars watching games. By the way, I might just I just might convince myself. Well, you know, the I next know. time you go, text me. I'll come okay. up with you, and we'll see okay. what kind of trouble we can get. In. Like, okay, I can Let's dig go. up. Oh, I can dig back. I like that. Oh, man. I can dig it. I can dig it for sure. For All right, sure. Nick. Are you ready to take us home? Ready to bring us home? Yes. Yes. Um, this is weird, but I have a sports actually sports one. And to me, with with Tom Brady finally, did he retire this year or last year? Anyone? This year, I guess technically, this is a type of like technically, yeah. right? And no, we're, we're this first year we're Tom Brady less. So Tom no. Brady had some success outside of the Belichick umbrella, right? I mean, granted, we're going to put an asterisk on there because the Chiefs only had four of the original starters offensive line, so I think that's different. But Tom Brady had success without Belichick. How, how important, right? I like that, right? Uh, how important is it for Belichick to? Sort of do the Kobe without Shaq, win one on his own without Brady, or is it not even important at all? I think it's important. I I, I mean, my take, you know, is I I don't know how. I mean, they're not going to fire, yeah, uh, Belichick, right? But I think Robert Kraft will say, look, doing it this way isn't working anymore. You need to make some changes either with your staff or something else because you have total control, but the way that you're doing it isn't working. So until it works and we're not being worked, I don't know that they have to necessarily win a Super Bowl, but they got to be competitive in the playoffs. They got to win in a couple games or a game in the playoffs. And number one, I don't think they have the quarterback to do that, but I think it's important. I think that's a great question, Nick. Uh, but I think that Belichick's got to do something because he did nothing before Brady got there and he has done nothing after Brady got there. And it is very easy to say. Now, I know the first couple of Super Bowls they won, it was defense-oriented, and it was. However, the quarterback didn't lose you the games. I know that. He didn't lose you the games. So, you know, and I just think he's got to do something. I think he does. One of the favorite, my favorite bits that I've done is I've reduced every Tom Brady Super Bowl down to the kicker winning him the game, um, like giving Adam Vinatieri the win, 
for basically all of his yeah, Super Bowls. Um, but yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up. Um, I think he might have to because Tom Brady did it, right? I think if Tom Brady didn't do it, then it might have been one of those things of like, well, that was a good run type of deal. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's going to be like a discount to Bill Belichick in terms of uh, his legacy, and there might have been a discount to Brady calling him a system quarterback, right? Um, and and I think people still do really uh, call him a system quarterback, but. It's really interesting. I don't know if he, I think he, he might have to, I, I think I agree with Big B, he might have to at least be competitive without him uh, for some respect to be thrown his way. A little more respect, I should say. Obviously, Bill Belichick's one of the best ones to ever do it. Uh, but like, as you mentioned, if you have a quarterback for, how long was he? He was probably there longer than I've been alive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's he was there for so long, it's hard not to put that at his feet right and to put that say like Brady's kind of the reason you did that because if you look at the track record before and after that's tough that's a tough one to do so uh, they're probably gonna have to have some success uh for Belichick to and I don't know if I don't know how much that he really cares about that right um he probably doesn't care about it anything right uh but like for people for the casuals that comment under every single post, you ever see that underneath like teams posts, there's like always Pickensburg reply uh, responding to like uh, to somebody saying like mid or something like that. They're always yeah, going right. to respond. I was going to respond. Belichick didn't do it without Brady. Um, it's, so it's that's true. that's going to be true. right. They're just that's going to be one of those things that the trolls are going to use against uh, Belichick forever. And and you got to give him, so I give him his due, right? Because he still managed personalities and still won all these Super Bowls to assemble these great defenses, um, you know, assemble some great offense, I mean, the best offense loss to Eli Manning, you know, and the feckless Giants, right? So it's like twice. And yeah. so to me, it's one of those things where where he's has to get, I would say for, I mean, he's, he's don't get it twisted. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He deserves his place, you know, the ring of honor, all that stuff. But for him personally, man, he's got to get to me. He's got to get to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. for for him to sort of okay, whew, okay, I can do it. It's how Brady, right? Yeah. And and I'm with you, Big B. Mac, not. I don't. I don't think so. Is it Bailey Zappi? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. What do they I mean? I they're the same quarterback. Them. Really, they are. Just, Zappi can move just, a little better. That's it. Hey, look. They yeah. the same two. They literally look the same. They could be the yeah. They look like brothers. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually insane. That was that's very that whole situation last year with like Mac. I almost said Mac Miller. Mac Jones getting hurt, and then Bailey Zappi coming in, and then then putting Mac Jones back in, and then the fans wanting Bailey Zappi back in. Yeah. And then, then actually putting Bailey Zappi back in. Unreal. Why? That's what happened to DC as your offensive coordinator. So I mean, yeah, I mean the arrogance to do something like that to have your a defensive coordinator be the offensive coordinator, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just hire a guy, but <laughs> nope, just wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. We're gonna do it his way, and keep it did not work. It was awful, awful. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be any better this year for him. Truthfully, they signed again. Well, mentioned they signed Zeke. Their defense will be good again. Patriots defense will be good again. Uh, They'll be able to run it, but when it comes to you know third and seven, look out. 
Yeah. <laughs> there there's no teeth. There's no teeth in that offense. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not it's not like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen where you're like you're like, damn, this is tough. It's yes. like, oh, we got this. We get him third night. It's we we're they might be able to play spoiler to a team like the the Bills or the Jets. Maybe one game they catch them all. They catch them because um, especially those teams they got to play them twice. They might be able to play spoiler. I trust Bill Belichick enough to like scheme that up right mm-hmm. matchup wise. Uh, but they're not going to make any noise in terms of playoff contention. Yeah. No, no, they won't. Especially with that division too, the toughest division in league football. Oof. Yeah. Now we've we've officially made the podcast full circle with that comment right there. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right, that's gonna do it for today's episode. This week's episode of Outside the Trench is presented by our friends at Five Farms. Go check them out. Uh, Holiday Distillery. They've got a great line of products. If you want more than just Irish cream, uh, go check them out. A Holiday Distillery up in Western Missouri, a little hidden gem up there. If you are up in the Kansas City area, up just just north of the airport. So go check them out there. For Nick Lucky and Brian Hanley, I am Tucker Franklin. Thank you for listening to Outside the Trenches. We'll be back next week with another episode live at 9 p.m. on Wednesday. That's when we do it. If you want to join us live, it's always uh, available for you to listen to after the fact. But until next time, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.